all this machine learning is dehumanizing a lot of our interactions. And I say that as an AI graduate, very passionate about AI. Machine learning pandemic data is very much dehumanizing a lot of what we do, everything from the chatbot to less personal interaction with people. Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. Sound plays a more important role in human behavior and our decision-making than you may realize. In this podcast, I'll help you understand the art and science of sound so you can better influence others in business and your life. I'm your host, Jody Krangle. Let's delve a little deeper. This is the second part of my interview with Graham Brown. They're getting close. They are getting close. The AI voices are are getting mm. pretty near to being able to have an actual conversation. But I, I think that um, I think ultimately people are going to understand that an AI voice isn't real and that a human voice is real. And and they're not going to have a problem with dealing with an AI voice in certain circumstances. You know, yeah. I, we're just going to expect that that's what we'll hear. It won't be a real voice. That's fine. You know, just make it as pleasant as possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the machines right? are taking over. Yeah. Well, you know, you could go to, yeah, I mean, think about it. You could, you know, if you were hungry, you could go to a vending machine and buy mm -hmm. something from the machine, like a pack of chips or something, bag of chips. But you could also go to a thousand dollar restaurant, right? So we're quite happy with that transactional part of it. It's not like, okay, AI is going to push us all into that vending machine experience right yeah yeah people will also want the thousand dollars where you know the chef comes out and they shows them all the food and the ingredients and where it came from and sourced and all that stuff so we're going to have an experience yeah exactly mm -hmm. and again with the voices yeah. as well you can mimic a voice but you can't mimic a conversation that's the difference right they're different like the voice is the transactional part but the conversation is too much nuance in there even in the language itself, to understand the nuances and the emotion and the assumed knowledge within a conversation that you understand what the context is as well and how I'm reacting and how you're reacting. And if you, you know as well, like if you smile when you're talking, it comes out in the voice, right? Sure, yeah. All of that stuff. So that is extremely complex as a problem. Maybe in future but right now no yeah yeah they are working on adding emotion to ai voices mm. but it's not variable so you'll get like low medium high of this emotion mm. but like you'll have to program it so that it moves through the different parts of whatever is being said and mm. the variations of emotion are actually natural because it's really hard for that to be natural but but this is kind of um and a debate that we've been having a lot in the voiceover world because a lot of voice people are a little worried that ai voices are going to take their jobs hmm. and i think in some cases when it comes to certain bits of like the transactional stuff that you're talking about that right now have a human voice um, you know, kiosks and stuff like that, maybe that will go away. You know, maybe the people who have the lower budget and don't want to spend money on an actual mm. human voice and think it'll be, well, good enough is good enough. They aren't going to pay for a human voice. They'll go for an AI voice. And those low 
hanging jobs are kind of the first things that will go we're kind of seeing you know like the the jobs that people shop for on fiverr <laughs> you know oh, that yeah. kind of stuff so yeah that could probably go away but i think what you're saying about the thousand dollar dining experience is very valid in that people are still going to want an experience they're still going to want the people experiencing their brand to have an experience that they can relate to mm. as opposed to an ai voice and I, I don't think that AI voices are, you know, I think that they'll get pretty close, but like CGI, I don't think they're going to be exact. And, and I think the more exact they get, the more creepy it's going to get. <laughs> yeah. They're getting close. They're getting close. Even with they CGI, are. right? Yeah, they are. The main developments in AI in this space, the, the ones to look out for, obviously, we've seen a lot of advances in machine learning libraries in audio in the last few years. A lot of it's available now publicly. AWS has a bunch which you can use quite low cost. The, the big game changers now are GPT-3, which is partly to do with Elon Musk's open AI project. And GPT-3 is far more advanced as a machine learning library than anything that's been out at the moment. And whilst I don't really know the implications for audio because it hasn't really been applied there, if you look at how it's writing content on the web now, the GPT-3 articles written by AI are really good. In fact, really? they're so good. Unless you would actually probably look at it and think, hmm, in the same way, maybe you read an article by a non-native speaker and there might be a few words which just, hmm, that's yeah. not how a native, you know, that 1%. Yep. But you would have to be looking at it and looking for that. Or you would have to be a native speaker who knew that kind of nuance doesn't sound right. Mm -hmm. Then GPT-3 is at that level, which is 99%, which is amazing. And the interesting thing, Google are bringing out a new set of um, libraries called MUM, M-U-M, which are apparently a thousand times more powerful than GPT-3. So... Wow. All the bets are <laughs> off in terms of what they can do in voice. But, yeah. but to the point about voice, it, it's like, you know, I think it's like art, you know, where you, you talk about CGI, for example, you can give a paintbrush to a monkey or an elephant and they can knock out like a Jackson Pollock, right? <laughs> yeah. It like physically looks like a Jackson <laughs> Pollock, like they just got uh -huh. splashed on. But they don't have the story of Jackson Pollock, right? And therefore, what creates the value is not, the physical replication of something because that doesn't matter anymore. What matters is the stories we tell about these things that, you know, if you put a Jackson Pollock on your wall, you've also got a story. Look at Banksy, for example, like graffiti. Mm -hmm. Suddenly it's worth a million dollars, but it's just graffiti, right? I mean, your local governments would be coming in and cleaning that stuff off, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But now they're like putting perspex over it and protecting it and charging people a million dollars for it. And that's the point is it's the story that makes it valuable, not the ability to copy something. So if I can copy something sound mm -hmm. or somebody's sound, yeah, you're right. That low level group are going to get wiped out because it's transactional. They're the kiosks, but there'll be a, the guys at the top, they'll increase in value. They'll become more sought after because they're the ones that really remind us what it is to be human. Yeah, I, I agree. 
there's also the underlying aspect of there's a life that he lived before yeah. he made that painting. And that's why he made the painting. Yeah. So, and, and you don't get that again. You're not going to get that with voices. You're not going to get that with simulated video. You're not going to get that with, there's no previously lived life. Mm. <laughs> so no vulnerability. There's yeah, no exactly. Yeah. 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 So I, I think that that is an important part of what makes art something yeah, that it's all of it. Surely. Yeah. Think about it in songs, right? Think of songs. I think like the top five best-selling songs ever. Um, four of them have the word love in it mm-hmm. and have some kind of loss in them. You look at it. I can't even remember. My mind's blank now, but if you think of a Beatles <laughs> song, because yeah. everybody knows a Beatles song. Oh yeah. And they all have loss in it, right? They've lost something. Sure. As you know, when somebody's playing that song or singing it to you, that they're singing from this position of pain. That we we don't really like happy songs, do we? Like happy, happy, everything's good. It's it's fun. It's kind of like being at the nursery. We like songs that say, "Yeah, you really feel my pain. I've, you've been there too. You know what it feels like." And that's that story. Yeah, it's it's important that we relate to each other as human beings, and so you know that's what those songs do Uh, on the idea of machine learning though the really interesting part is that there have been machines early early on that have been given the information to try and write a hit song (laughs) and what they come up with what they come up with is really kind of (laughs) creepy k-pop i you know um it was more like um like a, a a 50s torch song actually um yeah it was kind of odd it was yeah. just this really strange sounding it didn't actually say english words or words of any kind it sort mm. of said something but they were the the sounds of the words instead of the actual words and yeah. it it was it was just i i have a a, a podcast coming up about this. I did a, oh, a wow. blog that on it, and it, I, I link to the video in the blog. It'll be really interesting to to watch when it comes out. But uh, it's yeah, machine learning and music have. have how, had, how did it make you feel when you heard it? It made me feel a little bit of dread, actually. Really? And I can't, I can't really explain that. That's not that what emotion. a song's supposed to do. Is no, it? no, it's, it's like really opposite. not. It's, it's anti-dread, isn't it? A song. It but should be like. It should be yes, but I think the reason that it affected me that way was because I was experiencing that song, understanding what a real song would sound like, yeah. and yeah. and sort of seeing the mirror of what the computer thought it was was really disconcerting Mm. how because it's machine learning right so you're experiencing what the machine thought we were doing (laughs) and and without any meaning to it Mm. so it was it was like this whole algorithm of what a hit song would be so it had the 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 you know the tonal changes it had the chorus it had the bridge it had you know all of these things but it didn't make sense Hmm. To to my brain, it didn't make sense. It didn't have any presence. It wasn't a, I mean, it was a creation, but it wasn't, it didn't, I didn't understand it. Put it that way. It didn't yeah. make any sense to me. And understanding and sort of like trying to empathize with the, the, 
the thing that made this thing. was really disconcerting. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the bit. That's the most important bit, isn't it? Because you can't empathize with the thing. Yeah. Because that thing never had a boyfriend that left him, her, never got rejected age 13, never worried about looking imperfect or being bullied at school and etc. Mm -hmm. Never had any of that. And in any ways, the real scary part is if it does in the future, we're able to program that into it, that imperfection. Yeah. Yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah. I don't know where this is going, but um, no. it'll be interesting to see. <laughs> we might just come around in the beginning, like back to where we started, you know, with machine learning, it becomes so good that it just mimics life in itself. So really? that's another podcast, but yeah, they, yeah. it's a rabbit hole. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely is. <laughs> I know that we're all dealing with a lot of stuff these days. So I particularly wanted to acknowledge those that have taken the time to leave honest reviews of this podcast. Like Pamela Muldoon, who says, audio as part of your marketing strategy. I could not agree more with Jody's assessment that audio branding is the hidden gem of marketing. Now more than ever, how your brand sounds is becoming just as important as it looks and feels. The short, succinct episodes of this podcast, and I think she's referring to my solo episodes, are filled with nuggets, easy to listen to, that voice, thank you very much, and are perfect for binging. Nice work, Jody. Well, thank you, Pamela. It means a lot to me that you're getting some good information here. Thanks again for the review. And now, back to the show. Getting back a little bit to uh, podcasting. So I, I understand <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, did we go off course? <laughs> I, well, we, we did, but I, it was a good yeah. course. I liked yeah. the course. I, you know, <laughs> I have no problem with it. That um, was the lane. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's the whole general conversation. We're, we're, mm. all, we're getting there. Mm. <laughs> uh, so th th when you're talking about podcasting, do you have a reason that you want people to start podcasting? I mean, there's all sorts of information out in the world. And we've been talking about vulnerability and how people can reach an audience and especially how large corporations can reach an audience and be vulnerable and all of that. Is there a, a like a, a, a couple of things that you would tell someone thinking of creating a podcast, what they should be thinking about? Yeah, certainly. I would say the first part is who are you speaking to? Who is your audience? And I'm surprised, and I've done this as well, a lot of people start a podcast because they want to start a podcast. They don't think about who's going to listen to them. Now, there may be good enough reasons to do that, that I know enough people that start a podcast, they don't care if anybody listens to them. In fact, they're doing it really for themselves. And that is a noble enough reason to start a podcast, absolutely. Totally valid, sure. Yeah, Yeah, it's like writing a book for yourself yeah. or keeping a journal. Why not? Or making a painting that no one yeah. will ever see. Who knows? Exactly. You're creating <laughs> yeah. a masterpiece of dinner and eating it on your own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's completely fine. So knowing your audience is really important, though, because if you want to grow your podcast, if you want to um, do this for any business ROI, you need to know who you're speaking to. And one of the things radio hosts are really good at is they will all speak to you. They'll never speak to you guys or the audience. They'll always be you directly, and they're reaching out and talking to you. 
they've got a clear idea of who that person is. You know, there is somebody called Nicole. She's 42 years old. She's a communications manager in a large corporate. That's who I speak to on my podcasts. Speak to her because I understand her pain points. I understand her frustrations. And once you have the audience avatar, it really solves a lot of the problems that come out of podcasting. Like, what do I talk about? How do I grow this thing? Mm -hmm. So I would say that's probably the number one thing to define first is your ideal listener. Even get a picture, stick it on your microphone and look at it every time. Just remember that's who you're talking to. Yeah. People do that in voiceover too. <laughs> oh, they do? Yeah. Well, I mean, you if have you have a photo are... to stick on? I don't have one photo, um, right. but you definitely have a mind picture of the person that you're talking to when you're doing, uh, when you're performing yeah. a script because it's That's different cool. every time. Right. But it's a conversation The the idea of how it sounds real is that you're answering a question from a particular person. Mm. Right. So, so when you do a voiceover, you're actually talking to a person. Yeah. I never thought you'd do that. I thought you'd just be kind of reading the script. It's not a little more involved than that, but yeah. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> that's just my misunderstanding. I mean, that's why they call it acting, right? So. <laughs> right. There you yeah. go. That's, when you think about it, like, you know, when you've sat and sat in a podcast and you feel like they've talked to you, you're yeah. part of this conversation, you've actually felt part of it. That's the connection. And then there's also those podcasts where somebody's had an event or a Zoom meeting and they've just kind of taken the audio and stuffed it on a podcast. Mm -hmm. typically these are conferences yeah and the panel sessions the audio is bad but you can tell they're not talking to you they're talking to like this like mysterious object at the back of the room mm -hmm. and there's no you really feel that even though all the content's the same that's the difference between doing a podcast talking to somebody and just projecting your voice into the ether yeah yeah, that's a good distinction. <laughs> so where do you think this is all headed? I mean, podcasting isn't going away. No. Are there other things that you think people will use it for in the future? Is there a, a, a bigger picture for podcasting in the future? Oh, yeah, very much so. I think we're only getting started. Anybody that tells you that, oh, but everybody has a podcast now. <laughs> As you're hearing, that's the thing. Right? Yeah. I heard that back in the day with yeah. websites. So let's look at the numbers. There's 2.7 million podcasts in the world today. There's 2.7 million websites in the world in 1998. And for those of us that remember 1998. Yes. AOL I, had, CD. I, had a, I had a site then. <laughs> you did? How did I you did. Make I had it a on? site in 1995. What did you make it on? On some notepad or something? Uh, it, was an, it was straight code. It was basically HTML. Oh. There it was like, uh, I don't school. know, I can't even remember. FTP. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, I remember FTP. Yeah, totally. And really, the beginning of it was I put up a question. Um, it was a songwriting resource. And so I put up a question, you know, how do you come up with your topics or, you know, various mm. different questions with within the songwriting community. And then I just directed people there and asked them to answer their question by emailing me. And I would put up their question on this page. Oh. I would put up their answer. So it'd be like, I called them songwriting surveys. Mm. And I kept them as a part of the larger site as the site got larger and HTML and websites and all of that developed and message boards and all of that. But it started from this one page of HTML in 1995. <laughs> Those are the best 
myths. Yeah. The origin myth. It started as a page. Wow, back in <laughs> yeah. 1995. Yeah. That's amazing, isn't it? You think of like where we've come mm-hmm. in websites. So we've gone from 2.7 million in 98 to 1.8 billion websites today. And there's still And even back coming. then, I imagine, imagine about that time, about 97, 98, when Windows 90, 98 was out, 97, sorry. And then the um, everybody felt like we were kind of getting to the mainstream with internet. You know, we've gone from your website, one page, to spinning GIFs and all that kind of thing going on then. It was getting, Flash, like Flash was coming out. Yeah, Flash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a big macromedia. <laughs> all those guys. That was the big yeah. thing back then. Because yeah. I think that's the, that's the macro trend. If we look at, if, if we understand what podcasts really are, we look at them in, in the context of websites. So websites really are a communication interface for business that like in your context, it was a lot easier to do that than do it by mail, right? Oh yeah. And post, yeah. post in your questions to Jody, <laughs> and she would then type them out yeah. and then put them into the zine, whatever it was, <laughs> right? the fan yeah. zine. Oh, I remember I mean? those. I do. That's, that's how it was. It was just a much yeah. more effective way of doing that. And for businesses, you, you know, you don't need to go to the store to order something. You can see when they're open. You can phone them up just by doing the email. You don't need to go to the switchboard, yeah. etc. So it's much more effective. And podcasts do the same thing, but not for businesses, but for business leaders. Mm-hmm. They're a communication interface. If you think about how do business leaders communicate? Well, they communicate through PR, through conferences, through white papers. Look at those three things alone. Yeah. Nobody does those anymore. Like nobody does press releases. Nobody does conferences and nobody reads white papers anymore. Yeah. So very it's true. broken. Yeah. So now look at that, that you can have one brand. And I feel in the future, a one brand could have a hundred podcasts. You know, look at a big consultancy, like an SAP, for example, they could have thousands of podcasts, all their leaders on it. So that's how we're going to get to, Two billion, Jody. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. We, we will have like everybody will have a podcast, like a resume, and every business leader will have a podcast because that will be for them their moniker of. They're not going to be doing conferences like they used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How are they going to meet people? How are they going to travel to the extent they used to? Yeah. Well, they'll come back, be but not in the hybrids. <laughs> I think Absolutely. they're already oh. doing the hybrids, right? <laughs> well, people realize now that the genie's out of the bottle. It's like, I'm not going to fly to this place and waste two days for one hour. Yeah. That's all oh, gone. yeah. Well, meetings, you know, business meetings, meetings that take an hour are a thing of the You f- want a coffee? Past. <laughs> yeah. Let's Zoom. Do we will Zoom. <laughs> Just Zoom. Do we need to have a, a meeting, <laughs> you know? <laughs> no, in many cases. Yeah, that, you know, yeah. again, it becomes that sort of polarization. You go from the transactional part, which is the 15 minutes meeting to the, all right, mm-hmm. the $1,000 experience, which is I'm going to spend three hours with my friend or somebody I really care about. Yeah, I mean, that's different. Yeah, that is a different experience. Yeah. But, you know, if you're talking about business meetings where someone's flying across the country or across continents in order to have an hour meeting with someone who wants to sit across from a table at them but doesn't really know them. Yeah. Go on Zoom. Why? Yeah. Go on Zoom. There is no other reason. Yeah, we'll do a podcast together. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's where we're going. Do a podcast. Yeah. Do a podcast. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> I love to it. Earth scale. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's where we're going. And I think yeah. as well, like that, that's the one factor. And the other factor is, is that all this machine learning is dehumanizing a lot of our interactions. And I say that as an AI graduate, very passionate about AI, machine learning, pandemic data is very much dehumanizing a lot of what we do, everything from the chatbot to less personal interaction with people. And therefore we will seek out ways to connect with people. Again, going back to the beginning with those kids and the telephones, these disruptions we've experienced in our world have created barriers and walls around us. And the walls could be, for example, that I can't speak to somebody. I'm speaking to this bot pretending to be a human, or I can't speak to somebody because we can't physically meet anymore because of restrictions or data. And these create walls and therefore people will find ways around them. And that's why we're seeing social audio and audio really is connection. Very much so. Yeah. It's about connecting with people. And that's why audio has a very, very good future because if anything, like globally throughout time, we've always sought out better ways to connect with each other. Are you looking for ways to improve your company's or podcast's impact? You'd be surprised how powerful the use of an intentional audio branding strategy can be. Want to know more? I have a free downloadable PDF that gives you my five tips for implementing an intentional audio strategy at voiceoversandvocals.com slash audio dash branding dash strategy. That location does ask to put you on a mailing list just to send you updates on when the new podcasts come out. But if you really don't want to give your email out, I understand. Just contact me directly. My email is all over my website and I'll make sure you get that PDF without needing to sign up anywhere. If you do sign up though, you also get access to a resources section called The Studio, where I have videos, white papers and PDFs, discounts from my guests and snippets of audio from my guests that no one else gets to hear. So maybe it's worth your while, totally up to you. And of course, if you're looking for voiceovers, you can get in touch with me about that too. Now back to the podcast. So um, just to, we're getting towards the end of things here, but I, I do want to ask what you're working on now. What, what are you up to at this moment? <laughs> A couple of things. Um, one is some new launches with podcasts. Uh, one I'm excited about is we working with an investment bank, which is a very dry subject, hmm. but they're doing a really cool podcast. They're an Indian bank and they're doing a podcast called The Story of India, Oh, which is wow. really awesome. Okay. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's in the context of investment as opposed to like going deep into Hollywood and all the, you know, the food and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I really like that because I think, you know, storytelling should always be about reframing narratives. And if you think storytelling, Telling can be positive and negative. You can change the way people th- see things, events, history, other people in a positive way. And India has a very much a, a very strong narrative, which is not all positive about what it is. And so they're creating this story to retell India on India's terms, which is awesome. And they've got some great people, like some people from cricket and Bollywood and mm-hmm. business um, leaders. And somebody who took, I mean, funnily enough, somebody who took Wendy's burger franchise to India and took pizzas to India. It's like unthinkable, like taking pizzas, Italian pizzas to India and selling them to the middle class. So all these amazing stories. 
So I'm really excited about that. That's coming out soon. Um, yeah, more of that. I've got a couple more projects that are launching around these themes where I'm really looking forward to the projects where we're doing corporate storytelling, but much more immersive. It's not going to be wondery style, but it's going to be yeah. a lot more interesting than, you know, man speaking to man type podcast, <laughs> okay. right? Yeah. So th those that's one of the things I'm working on. The other thing is um, working on helping people guest on other people's podcasts. Because I've realized there's a lot of people who love podcasts, but actually a lot of them, when they get down to it, realize it's hard work. It is. Yeah. yeah as you know. I'm doing a lot more myself. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard work. <laughs> it is hard work. Let's face it, guys. It's mm -hmm. not as easy as it sounds. So for that that group of people, we found that actually they wanted to get on podcasts, but not their own. So I found that there was a market of people there and helping people doing that and guesting. And it's a lot of fun because they can find ready-made audiences. Mm -hmm. They can, you know, now with those 3 million podcasts, there's a podcast about everything now. So true. If not a yeah. hundred of them, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, in, you know, like a few years ago, you couldn't find your niche covered, but now there's everything out there which is you know it's not just everything it's like lots of different levels of podcasts as well yeah so that's exciting and i think that's going to be a growth area because you know that that is how you know, people are now looking for ways to get out there in the absence of events and all those things we talked about the pr and so on yeah yeah podcasts are definitely a way to do that uh, you know and you have a ready-made audience it's just sitting mm. there <laughs> well, audience growth is really hard isn't it that's the point yeah it is yeah i think people that people the production part's actually quite straightforward on a podcast but growing an audience is really hard and getting harder and it takes a long time <laughs> it can take a long time well you're thinking about what the audience wants right that's important that is that you know not just in terms of timing but also content and the guests and so on yeah which is really important they they're everything now they totally are yeah and and them sharing it with people who might enjoy it as well is also really important but getting on other podcasts yeah i can see how that would help grow an audience for another podcast because absolutely you go on yeah, yeah you go on other podcasts one one and you mention yours three, yeah exactly yeah so it's a great yeah. way to do it yeah so how can people find you what would be the best way for them to find you and learn more about you and reach out? <laughs> My website is the easiest place. So that's all the W's, grahamdbrown.com. Wonderful. Okay. And I will have all of this in the show notes. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And I loved this conversation. It got a lot yeah. deeper than I thought it would, but I love that. <laughs> Did it? Oh, oh no, I love it. No, no. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate it yeah. a lot. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, no, I had a lot of fun. It's good. And I, I really like what you're doing as well. You've really identified your niche. Thanks. Being the ex guy, you know, you're always like that, that corner of somebody's mind that you occupy, that like you're the audio branding guy. And I say guy in the generic guy <laughs> sense. Yeah. But you know what I mean? I think that's really important. Sure. Yeah. That is really, you know, that, that's the valuable thing now to be recognized for one thing. Sure. Even if it's a small thing in people's consciousness, that's really valuable. Well, if I can help raise consciousness about how important sound is for yeah. all sorts of things, then that's what I'm trying to do. That's my why. <laughs> yeah, well, totally. It's your passion as well. And, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. it sort of it goes, it resonates with the DNA 
you know, and you're talking about audio and audio branding. You're not venturing out into all different aspects of branding as well. You're staying focused on. No, I am venturing out into all other aspects of sound. Yeah. (laughs) But audio branding specifically and and how our buying habits are influenced by sound is a big part of that. So, yeah, yeah, that's cool. But yeah, I'm having fun and and I hope you had fun too. And I I look forward to great. I look forward to future conversations. Yeah. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, why not tell a friend about this podcast? It's available in all the usual locations. Until next time. Until next time.